He dismissed the fourth graders and up to the rush class uh, for their time. Uh, it's such an honor this morning to have Darlene Berger, uh, minister. Uh, uh, Darlene and um, her late husband, Walt, uh, were dear friends, our dear friends. Uh, Darlene's been a dear friend for decades. And uh, actually, for uh, Kathy and I, have been uh, role models and people that we look to and have looked to for many years as as um, uh, uh, people that we can model ourselves after and and, um, and people that have committed their lives to the extending the kingdom of God through chicken skin and the stories uh, I've heard them tell. <laughs> so uh, it's been just a wonderful time. In fact, just uh, Friday and Saturday, Kathy and I were at a leadership uh, retreat for another church. They asked me to come and speak, and I was boasting uh, in them and of their testimony and in pursuing God and, and uh, pursuing revival. And the thing we were talking about was that revival doesn't end. You have to understand that God keeps moving, and you have to stay uh, with God and continue to pursue God. And I just shared testimonies of how uh, the burgers have, have made, uh, continued in the, in the move of God and, uh, and, and experienced so much through their lives. And so it's, it's a great honor and privilege to have Darlene come and share. Would you please give her a big hand? Yeah. I'll give you a five-minute warning. I'll wave when it's five minutes Thank you. It's really my pleasure to be here. And he started talking about those decades, you know. But it's true. One thing I've learned in my life is not to give too much heed to age. If I was ever to start stop and think about it, I probably would uh, be a little concerned. Concern my kids sometimes and other people, but it doesn't concern me at all. Not yet. I on and you don't touch in the past. You don't dwell in the past only to take its lessons with you. And you keep goals set for the future. And like I told them in the first service, when it's my time to go to be with the Lord, honey, I'm ready. Between now and then, I want to win as many souls and leave as good a foundation as I can for the Lord. Thank you. I, uh, I'm going to give you one scripture. I am not going to picture whatever it is I do. But uh I'm not sure what that is. I don't consider myself a teacher. don't really consider myself. When I was young, I preached a lot. Uh, after the time that Pastor Walt went through the train accident. And I had been in Bible school. And I actually started in uh, ministering in hospitals. And I can still remember the first soul I ever won to the Lord. I'm going to take a second and share that. I was about 14. Now, I was a good Baptist, honey. And we win souls. Later, I was still with the Holy Spirit. They didn't like me too much. Anyway, I was going to this hospital service with these older couple. And uh, we would go, and uh, a couple of us, and we would sing and uh, learning to witness. I remember one day I went in. And I said, honey, have you ever accepted Jesus into your heart as your Savior? And she said, no, I really haven't. I said, well, would you like to do that? She said, 
I would. So we praise the prayer of salvation. I only heard this for the first time in the UK, so I was like, I think this is awesome. So yes, not only can we sing with one voice now, but we
I have health. And if you don't feel like you have good health, just start thanking him for it anyhow because his word says you do. And uh, as you look around about you and you get up, you just can't. He's given you. And starting your day that way, and it really makes a difference. I can tell you from experience. Anyway, reaching out to that one lost well, it all started here. I actually met Walt in Bible school. We lived always had a here where I'm David. Didn't have service. We always I shared how we talked about salvations. Only problem was always the same people. Because during the week they had this stuff called Petri wine and they liked it an awful lot and uh, had a little problems with that. And so they did the service now. I didn't weigh a hundred pounds and they would come into service and Walter would be up preaching. They'd get kind of noisy and I'd go sit them down. If one of them ever hit me, they'd kill me. But they were respectful. And we were there about four months and then we moved on. And uh, well, we were still there. <laughs> but it was a beautiful area. It really was. Uh, we were evangelists and Walt, when I first met him, he sang in a, in a quartet. In Bible school, he had a high tenor voice, and he was very good, very good on guitar and trumpet. And I was so happy to see the trumpet was here today. I told our brother, we have to have the trumpet. And I played accordion and piano and later organ, and uh, we traveled. And for a while, we traveled with his brother, who is in this picture. He also played trumpet, and we were evangelists, boy. And uh, the churches liked us because they liked our music, and... Uh, at that point in time was where God was beginning to teach us about the move. Now, we came into the ministry at the time of, I actually had witnessed William Branham. Anybody know who William Branham was? He was a real pioneer and had miracles like I have never seen under any ministry. Uh, blind eyes, deaf ears. People said good things about him. They said bad things about him. But my dad was an unbeliever, and he said, we're going and we're going to get there early because there's a long line 
We stood in the sun in Sacramento, California for about five hours, no kidding, to be at the front of the line to get in the front row because my dad said, if there's a miracle, I'm going to see it. And right off, God began to open blind eyes and deaf people began to hear and couple people began to walk and um, made believers, made believers. Out of that, we also... Uh, I was uh, received my baptism under William Freeman's ministry. We went to the Jack Cole. He was a wild man, but he has had miracles like you wouldn't believe. A.A. Allen, um, you can hear what you want to about them, but I want to tell you something I saw firsthand. And they had miracles and souls saved. And I believe that... Um, I think that day, Oral Roberts, we used to meet him in a little hot dog restaurant. Kids, we thought we'd meet after church. Got to know him a little there. We later lost contact, but uh, he came and had hot dogs and hamburgers and chili after service. And uh, he's a great guy, but uh, he's human and uh, likes hot dogs. And uh, anyway, uh, we were trained, which led us into our ministry. Said Walt and I all in praying for the sick where we saw our own miracles. Oh, yes, we had children. Eighteen months into our marriage, Tommy was born, the one on the left, and Kevin was, uh, Jerry was born five years later. You met Jerry, yes, and Tommy was just out to see me, and he was our rascal. He is also profoundly deaf. Never understood. He had meningitis since five months old. God healed him instantly. His temperature of 104 dropped and completely healed him. But he was deaf afterwards. And we didn't understand that. Paul said, I'll pray for the sick no matter what. And we prayed for the sick. Other people were healed of deafness. But Tommy to this day remains deaf and has a good job at the post office all these years. Lives a good life. But I don't understand God understands. I'll ask him when I get there. Anyway, then we became pastors for a while. Started this work back in the theater days and started this work and it went over well, but Walt was always an evangelist at heart. And so shortly, a year and a half or so later, uh, he decided that was not for him. And we resigned and uh, from that, just a few weeks later, he was in this car train accident and the doctors told me he will die within the next 10 hours. He has hope of living. He has every brain injury you can have. And uh, when he lived the 10 hours out, incidentally, a man came, a pastor came to pray. And I had seen him on TV, and I didn't like him. He was arrogant, and he was everything I didn't like in a person. And yet God sent him along that day, and I wasn't at all particular who prayed. As he came out, he pastored a big church in LA, and as he came out, he said, looked at me, and he said, your husband is very severely injured, but he will live. And when he said that, it went into my heart, that this man that I didn't like, God had used, and given me the witness that Walt would live. Ten hours later, the doctors came out, and they said, well, he may live, but he'll never be able to walk, talk, or feed himself. He did really good with the feeding. And then on to Mexico. Uh, we've traveled border to border, north, east, south, and west in America and Mexico. 
I've gone today with over 50 churches that called me a while back and wanted me to come to the convention, but it was the heat of the summer, and I had something else going at that time and couldn't go. But they're doing very, very well. They're under their own leadership. They still say World Evangelistic Crusade of Mexico. And uh, the young man that leads it, it was a living miracle. He was in a car a car accident and broke his neck. And the doctor said, well, he'll have no use of his body. Well, his mother went to pray for him. God healed him, and he leads the crusade today in Mexico, doing a great job, works for the state of California. Oh, yeah, there I am in Dominican. You know, wherever I'm at, you'll always see animals around me, because I just love animals. And uh, uh, we can go on from that. Dominican ministry goes on also. In Haiti, for the majority of the people, things haven't changed a whole lot. Uh... There's some improvements. You just have to really be strong-hearted and have a whole lot of faith when you drive in their streets. Uh, some of them, this was the last time I was there. They were still living in tents. They're still living in tents today, a lot of them. Um, Marty shared with me that he was really concerned when the team was coming through, and I prayed with him because they were concerned about the people in the tents and what damage was going to do. But then they called me back and said it seemed to be okay, at least in Port of Prince, they, that things weren't too bad. He said some people were killed. But then that happens on every time there's a storm there, too. The trash is still there. Maybe someday they'll get it cleaned up. I don't know. Uh, they are building some new homes now. These new these homes here, I met the man that was... Uh, Building them, he was from the Baptist organization, and what they do is they build these homes, they allow the people that are in the chance to move into them as long as they keep them clean. And uh, it, I don't know how many they've completed, but it was good work. And the last time I was in Haiti, the man, uh, I met a man there that uh, was setting up some type of a video I couldn't, uh, they had it in their churches and the people from the village were able to come in. It was, what do you call it when they, it was like a live broadcast. That's it. That, and I'm going to get Facebook down someday too. Anyway, uh, I'm on Facebook and people send me messages. I don't know what it is. I just look at it and say, well, one of these days. They uh, <laughs> simulcast messages in and evidently touch thousands of people, so they tell me. And let's come along here. And some more of them, yes. This is a new market. Wow. Isn't that beautiful, Dan? We have two of those now when you go back to Haiti. And uh, it was like uh, Marty says, they're expensive. <laughs> but you can buy things that you wouldn't get otherwise in Haiti. And we still have our regular street markets. And, uh, yes, we still have rice and beans sold out on the streets. And we have the chicken markets. I'll never eat chicken in Haiti. I live on uh, spaghetti when I'm in Haiti. They have different kinds at the hotel. Uh, this was originally, Dan, you remember this. I don't know if you saw this after the, I guess you saw this. This was originally our main headquarters church. It was three stories high. The day of the earthquake Two of our kids were there, Livingston and a friend of his. 
There was an elderly lady there. She's only 104. She's 105 now. She she was there and would have been killed, but they actually picked her up and carried her out. She only weighs about 75 pounds, I think. And they carried her out, and God spared her life. And uh, she went to live in um, New York City with some relatives. But last year when I was back, she was back. And she's fantastic. I, you know, I look at her and I think, Wow, she's still able to walk and do everything on her own, and uh, she'll probably outlive us all. I don't know what it is. She actually, anyway, she actually is the one that helped found that, and when the hurricane, or the earthquake, forgive me, came, it totally put it on the ground. And so out of that, they got a grant, and they built our school there. They told me that we have 200 more kids in that school than we have. Kids, they actually have a computer class where they have about eight or ten computers. They're old computers, but they're actually teaching computers there. We are also teaching computer in our home now. Uh, what, can you go back to that one? That was during our whole we're way ahead of ourselves. I think we had convention. Oh yeah, you've got to come back a little bit more if you can. Okay, there we are. Okay, now we need to come forward. One, sorry, talking too much. Uh, one more. This is now the school, and I think it's completed a little better than this one they told me. But what a blessing that is. I just received word before I left that we've been given acreage from some man that I supposedly know in New York City, but they can't remember his name. And uh, you know, Pastor Walt and I, and they said, oh, yes, yes, you know him. And he came and he gave you some land, which means he gave it to the state, to build a new church on and to build a hospital in Port-au-Prince. So, no hospital in my generation. One of you guys have a vision you can do that. But anyway, even it would be nice to have a medical center. It's needed. But right now, well, God, I didn't say I wouldn't, you know. But anyway, let's get out of there. Pastors Convention 2011. And they come from all over the islands. And uh, this is our supervising pastor, Pastor Mayan. Good man, and uh, Pastor Jean Claude been with us forever. Um, our youth—that's what I wanted you to see. This is the next generation in Haiti, and I am. This was our youth meeting. I am so blessed. You know what they do? They have some classes there, and I didn't. I they bothered to tell me before, but what they do in the main church is they train groups. And like your music team, and they'd use your, take the music team, and uh, they all, they're great for having people stand around and keep the kids quiet, and you wear a special vest when you have that job. It's very important. And if you've been, done that a long time, you wear maybe a red vest. If you're new on the, in the thing, you wear a green vest. But so everybody knows just how much authority you have. And, uh, they trained, I forget, like 200 to go out into the churches in Port-au-Prince, not just our churches, but wherever they go and train others to be workers in the church. I thought that was pretty great. They taught to win souls, taught how to lead a soul to Christ. How many people even in the States know how to lead a soul to Christ? Let us go on. Yes, we had water baptism. I was going. They were doing it at 5 o'clock in the morning. I had to get up at 4 to get to the river. 
didn't do that. They took pictures. Anyway, every pastor pastored his own, uh, I mean, baptized his own people. Marty uh, graduated Bible school last year. The uh, Bible school is Church on the Rock. And uh, at this point in time, we don't need to take the wheels. So we use their school, $30 a month per student. We have other students that we will sometimes have sponsorship and send them. We have another one in there. Livingston's in there now. We can move on. And here Scott is with Marty. He had just been ordained and... Scott prayed over him. I'm not sure if I have that picture. No, didn't. Uh, but Scott had the uh, blessing of praying over Marty when he was ordained, and I thought that is so good because I believe that down the road, Scott will continue to work with Haiti. Haiti gets a hold of you. You may not like it. I didn't like it. I was there. I said, good thing about this trip, I'm never coming back. That's why I'm not saying that I won't help with building a medical center, but I don't have any plans for that. No, no, what God's got in mind. Okay, David's Home for Children. There they are. That's almost, There's a few of them missing. We have 32 of them. They all wear these uniforms to school. When I think about these kids and what they came from, many of them saw their relatives killed in the earthquake. Um, the ones that didn't and had relatives killed, and some they have a couple of them, their parents died from one thing and another, and uh, only two of them, to my knowledge, have anyone living. One has a little girl, has a father who's poor and very sick and couldn't feed her, and uh, one of the little boys has a mother, same type of situation. But normally, we encourage them to be orphans because they need to be, they have such a need for orphans. Oh, yeah, we have a dog. I didn't know that either until I got there. But uh, he seems to fare pretty well on the scraps, and he really is part of the family. I watched him with the kids, and it's really cute. They're good to him. If somebody starts getting a little rougher than the other kids get after him, so he's kind of a champion at the home. Yes, this is Tim. Tim sponsors five of our kids, and he travels with me to Haiti. I thought he had a call to Haiti, but then I found out he had a girl there. <laughs> but nevertheless, he loves the children and loves the work there. And the girl informed him last time he was there she had a boyfriend. So, so much for that. Anyway, <laughs> this is our newest addition to the home. This is the one they surprised me with. I shared that I thought we had 31, so somebody said something about 32 kids. And I said, Marty, we have 32 kids. Oh, yeah, she would have died, Pastor Darling, but she had taken her. That's true with most of them. A couple of our little boys. I, uh, you know, they took these kids out of a village. One of the pastors did. The parents had been killed. And I look at them today, and I think from being lost and alone, from no one caring for them, nobody cared for their soul. And then God had a call on their life for a reason. I don't know why he picks who he picks to bring to us. But here they are now, happy going to school. Oh, yes, this is Mrs. Joseph, our housekeeper. She's a good cook, you can tell. And uh, she also likes to eat her food. And uh, she's blessed to be able to eat there because, you know, so many of the people in Haiti, you rarely see a heavy person in Haiti. That's true because of the way they eat and and. The fact they don't have enough food. And so she's really happy and blessed to be in the home. 
Uh, sometimes she does things differently than what I would do. But we, it's Haiti. It's not United States. I can't change their culture. I've given up on that. Uh, but all we want to do, first of all, train them about the Lord. Feed them. Give them a good education so they can help them grow up and have a good life. And keep them to be clean. But they're still going to carry their Haitian culture and their Haitian ways, whether I like it or not. And so I don't try to change them. This is, God love this lady, Suzanne, she's the laundry lady. I have a picture, but I didn't have time to find it, where she does the laundry. She sits on the ground with two water tubs. She washes the clothes in one tub and rinses them in the other, and then they put them wherever they can put them, over the fence. Um, if they have a we had a clothesline, don't know what happened to that. But anyway, they do it their way, and... It comes up clean, and then they actually iron the things. Uh, yeah. Estelle, I've known Estelle since she was a very young girl. She was probably about 18, 17, 18. She lived in another orphanage, and she was raised there. She has no relatives whatsoever, and uh, she didn't have much of a life. She's always had in her heart to be a nurse, and I never felt that we could sponsor her to go to school. Uh, the pastor in New York went with me to Haiti last year, and before I even knew what she was doing, she had committed to send Estelle to nursing school, so she's almost end of her first year, and she's really happy with that. She lives at the home, helps with the kids in the morning, helps with the kids in the afternoon and evening, teaches them... Uh, does the ironing. She's the main ironing person. And uh, it's a good... Um, our new computers. We were blessed to take two new computers. Um, Dan had taken a computer to Marty, and Marty says, no way. This is my gift, and I, I, I need kids need to have their own computers. I said, well, pray in God. And he, if I'd have said, Marty, teach him on your computer, he would have done it. But I didn't. They don't have that much of theirs. And uh, God bless us. And we bought two little compact uh, computers. And we will see in a minute. There they are. It's not too clear. But he has computer classes for both the boys. Oh, the girls aren't in there. But they have, the boys have a computer and the girls have a computer. So computers are only brought out when they're learning. We were given... Uh, Let's see there, Marty, reading to the kids, and we'll hold it here one second. When I came out of Haiti last uh, trip before, I think Dan was there that trip, I said, we have to have new beds. We just have to have new beds. And we began to buying new beds, and it was like around $3,000, as I can remember. And uh, I don't believe we told anyone. And then there's some people called Rice Bowls. And that's the name of their ministry. And what they do is they give out bowls and their little banks and they collect money and then they go into different countries and help with food. And he had contacted me and he had been to the home and he's seen our need for beds. And so we began, we had been praying about the beds and one day I got an email and he said, Darling, I believe this is going to be donated all new beds. It's coming from a group I met in California a couple weeks ago. God's so great. You know, he never met these people before. He went to a conference in California, met this guy from Man, from um, Sweet Sleep, told 
Jim have got our home in Haiti. So they really, really need beds to sleep on broken down cots on the floor, whatever. And so we do that. That's what our ministry is. The only thing we do is beds. And so he brought us all new beds, put them together, uh, gave the kids all those storybook Bibles they were reading a minute ago when you saw them, and covers. And what a blessing. What a blessing. You know, when we put things in God's hands, did you know he can do it better than us? I'm still learning that lesson, but he just does a fantastic job. And how am I doing on time? I'm done. Okay, I'm over. That's what you're telling me. You'll forgive me if I buzz through here real quick. I'm almost through. Okay, let's go. Two stoves. Yeah, we needed that too. The club's that. Okay. Oh, this little girl. She's so sweet. She got that dog. It was a gift from... Now it wasn't Christmas, something that we got anyway. She loved that dog so much that she took it to the table with her, and she still does, puts it in front of her plate, and when she prays over her food, she prays over the dog. She, she was like she was trying to give him food, you know. She's so grateful. This is Alicia. I talked about Alicia a few minutes ago. I don't know if she can go back and that or not. When I was there the last time and went to take this picture, she had so much fear. I don't know if she hadn't seen a white person before or what, but she was so fearful. She had just come into the home. And I said, how old is she? And they said, she's three years old. I said, you can't take three years old. Well, she would have died. So we took a three-year-old. And uh, the thing that touched me with her was she had seen both her parents and her father uh, crushed in a building right in front of her eyes. And then the mother was also killed in the earthquake. And she was left to wander, pasture in the village, way out at the end of the world. Took her and kept her until Marty could come and get her. Future and the home. Livingston's living at the home now, going to Bible school and uh, helps with the kids. Teaches them to sing, uh, trying to teach them in English, and reads Bible stories to them. And Marty, with his kids, lost and confused, but good life in Haiti. Many more children still need a sponsor. And I always think of this one. We didn't get her. We got her picture from a doctor. At some place she was wandering alone after the earthquake. And... Uh, Kind of like the kid in Dominican Republic. I can't do anything about him. He died. But I can always reach out to others. And I pray somewhere someone reached out to her. In closing, I will tell you that one of the kids we raised years back is now a doctor. He's going to school over in uh, Detroit to get his license here in the state. He has his license in Dominican Republic. Uh, his wife's going to school over there, and uh, he will be heading up mission teams for us. He's been back I don't know how many times, and he did two months triage after the earthquake. God called him when he was a little boy. He was almost killed, lived in a hospital for a year. And he said he was ran over by a truck and pronounced him dead. I think I told you the story. And uh, he said he knew he wasn't dead. He prayed. He said, Mommy, Moff, that's where he lived at the time. He said, you can do anything. And God, I want you to show him I'm alive. And he moved. And the first time he moved, he thought it was nerve muscle jumping. And uh, he moved again. And the girl went insane that was putting him in the morgue. Went to that doctor's and found out that he was still alive. He lived there for a year. And uh, he said in his heart, 
I said, someday I want to go and be a doctor. I'm just a poor boy. I don't have any money. But I want to go and be a doctor so I can help poor boys like me when they're hurting. He's doing it today. I've seen your sponsorship dollars just show you. Wow, that's the thing that lifts you up when you see the people that can name others that are going on doing different things. And it's all God. And if you know why and how it's done, God ordains it. And people like you sponsor it. 